0: Today, looking for Garza backside and
1: for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad.
0: Take a look at history.
1: Hi, Earl Patrick, final. Sam Jones from Dirty South Soccer, and recently returned back to the mothership. Uh, Joe Patrick, ninety-two point nine, the game. Dirty South Soccer, and a few other places as well, is right over there. Say hey, Joe.
2: Uh, hello, everybody.
1: Hey, Joe. Joe, we have, the, uh, we have a special guest. We're not going to waste too much time on it. The founder's back with us. Rob Luster is over there. Rob, how are we doing in Augusta? Camera and all.
2: I'm still alive. I can't complain.
1: We, we're assuming you're alive, right? We, we've still never actually seen you. This is, this is absurd. We <laughs> thought we would get you on the Zoom call and like, have you trapped at this point, but then Rob tells us he has no camera. Uh, we still don't know who's necessarily talking to us but we're glad he's on no matter what i i like the branding of the founder by the way it's good isn't it yeah it's very uh I, is it like i didn't watch the michael keaton movie i don't know if that's oh it's
0: it's really good that's immediately what i thought of when you said that
1: <laughs> all right there we go founder in the building um few things to talk about today obviously of course folks are moving into the bubble uh capital t capital b which is becoming more and more ominous. It kind of seems like as it kind of goes along. Um, but I, I think there are a lot of extreme feelings on it, which I totally get, uh, which, you know, it's, it's one of those situations that's extremely volatile and one that we've never experienced before. And of course they're not, no one's going to be ambivalent about this in lots of ways. Right. Um, so I don't know. It's uh, I, I wanted to get y'all's kind of general thoughts on, The entire thing in general, because you have you have things like the MLS Firefest account going on right now that seems to be apparently player run or at least being facilitated by someone who has uh, contacts with the players. You have people posting images of box lunches, but then you have other people in interviews who are in the bubble who are saying like Jim Curtin just said a few minutes ago that he hasn't seen another team. Uh, Some people are saying it's very, very well organized. It seems to be a weird dichotomy right now. And and Joe, you've probably talked to the most people out of any of us who are either down there or heading there. Uh, What are your general thoughts on the entire thing so far? Well, we
0: just talked to two guys today, uh, and those were the first guys I've talked to um, since they did go down. I guess they went down on 4th of July. They bussed down there, which is nice. Um, Orlando happens to be within a bussable distance, so they don't have to go to an airport and do all that stuff. Um, but, you know, they said, um, and granted, we talked to like Tyler Wolf is a guy I'm going to about to quote here. And he's young and obviously is not going to want us like say anything that's, um, you know, bombastic or could get him or the club in trouble or whatever. But he said, that, you know, I asked him, I said, he, he, initially he said that, um, you know, things were going well. Uh, everything seemed organized. Everything seemed well controlled. And then I, I asked him, I said, is it, does it feel overblown to you then? Because there's been like this, like MLS inside the bubble account. That's like posting kind of like, it's like half shit posting, half like actual reporting.
1: <laughs> I'm still not sure if the the thing were like the, the water spout. came Right. Out. I, I retweeted that. that. Real. Yeah. I retweeted it
0: at first. And I was like, yeah, after talking to some people, I, I undid that retweet.
1: Yeah. I think taking it just back a random YouTube video that might've been from, um, gosh, was it, was it Sochi the Olympics where like the doors were like breaking and things like yeah. that? Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll it be like insider information. Also here's a meme. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right.
0: But, uh, and I asked him if I, if he thought it was kind of overblown, some of these things that have been talking about in DC, he agreed. He said, yeah. So, um, it doesn't, I, who knows how it is. We don't, we haven't been there, but, um, It does seem like there is definitely – it's a very controlled atmosphere. Uh, Frank DeBoer yesterday said that they've only been on a soccer field and in their rooms. So, um, yeah, I don't
1: think you can get too much more controlled than that. And it's not to say the people who are upset or cautious are are wrong. No one's necessarily right. I don't think in the situation you kind of have to empathize, you know, with it and be like, I totally get why you would be freaked out. Why, you know, there's a lot of trepidation about what's going on. Um, but you know, you, you do want to make sure that if you're putting stuff out there, you do want to have a clear picture of it. And that's kind of our job to kind of parse through it. And it's, it's hard to do right now because we just don't really exactly know the full story. Um, and it's tough to deal with. It's tough to reckon with. You see people calling, you see a lot of fans calling for this thing to be canceled. Um, you know, and, and I've had questions about whether or not, um, it would have been safer in general just to have them travel, you know, stay, and eat, stay mm-hmm. in Atlanta and then, you know, go, uh, charter like, flights like charter everywhere. But like yeah, be the plan for Baseball right now, but even baseball is having their own issues. Um, you know, of course, you have Dr. fossey recommending bubbles and stuff like that. It just seems there was never going to be a good answer. There was never ever going to be a good answer, uh, unless you consider that good answer to be not playing at all. Which, uh, again, totally fair on your part. Uh, but I think Joe was kind of talking about this with a couple of people the other day that there's a there's somewhat of a misconception that I think that all of this is based on like a greed kind of thing. Like, and don't get me wrong, uh, democratic socialist here. Like I'm very anti-capitalism, all that kind of thing. But at the same time, there, there is a general, uh, thing here where, where people's livelihoods are at stake in some, in some cases, right. It's not just a cash grab in some cases. I mean,
0: especially in MLS where you've got guys who are making, $60,000 $60,000 a year, you know, I, and okay. So as to the agreement, they would anyone under a hundred K salary would be getting paid their full wages, regardless if they play or not. But still like, even if you're making more than that, like you have expenses that you need to pay and it becomes a dire financial situation. So I can't like begrudge anybody for making a decision that allows themselves to support themselves economically as long as those decisions are done within the boundaries of the rules that have been established and you know, the, the health and safety protocols that are in place. So that's kind of where I am.
1: What's the most you would pay for a box lunch? <laughs> oh man,
0: not more than like five bucks, certainly not like 50 bucks or whatever they're spending on those things. That's a that's a monopoly by uh, Disney to just you know they've got the market cornered, up charge them as much
2: as you can. Rob, are you still here? I'm still here. All uh, right. It, let, it, let, let, let that strange <laughs> silence is like the perfect segue to my thoughts on everything. It's just let's hear them. Let's hear them. It's, it's it's impossible to have a strong opinion in my from my view um, on everything. It's just it, Um, ever since this all began, it's like, it's just such a strange uh, feeling that um, the unknown of everything is just that this whole restart, uh, I think we all want the same things. We all want soccer to come back, but we all want the players to be safe. So, um, it's, I think it's just strange for someone to have such strong feelings about not wanting this thing to happen or really wanting this thing to happen to no matter what. So, I mean, I'm just sitting on the sidelines waiting to see how it all plays out. Like basically what we've been doing the past four months.
0: Yeah. It feels to me like there's been quite a bit of, uh, like grandstanding, like, um, people making these like very defiant or, um, yeah, just like these stands on Twitter and it gets them a lot of likes and things like that. But anyway, I think like just like moving past all this, I think that the players are generally safe and protected. And I mean, again, what there some, going back to something that Darren Eel said a long time ago, there was always going to be positive cases. And like the reason a lot of these guys we even know that they're positive is because they were tested. Like they themselves would not have even known if they did not have these protocols in place where they were going to get tested because they didn't have symptoms. So I think that, you know, you can look at it two ways and obviously it's a scary situation with what's going on in the country with all the cases that are um, spiking up and especially in Orlando. But right now from what we've seen, it's not, I don't think it's anything in MLS that's like out of control. I think that the reason you put a lot of these protocols in place is so that you can do exactly what the league is doing right now and try to catch cases as they arise, get those people separated and, uh, and yeah, take care of everybody. So, um, let's get into some soccer talk, Rob. So, uh, I didn't try my damnedest when we talked to Frank on Friday to kind of figure out what he was going to do at the striker position. Obviously I, you know, we both kind of have speculated about it. Um, you wrote a piece about uh, a projected, Starting 11 for this tournament that was a few weeks ago. So, some things have happened since then that may have changed that. But, I and I wrote a kind of a follow up specifically looking at that striker role and seeing, um, trying to determine what Frank might do. <laughs> and when I asked him about it, he essentially mentioned like every single player on the roster as possible as like <laughs> who could possibly play at striker. He mentioned Castro, he mentioned uh, Pitty, he mentioned Barco, he mentioned playing Pitsy and Barco up there. Um, so I guess my question for you is just, like, what would what would you want to see with with what is available right now?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm still on the same track as I was when I wrote the article. I think the false nine is the obvious option right now. Just, I don't I don't trust Adam John and obviously don't trust J.J. Williams just because of his inexperience at this level. I mean, I don't think – I'm not going to write him off as not being a good player. I just don't think he's ready for that type of load. Um, as far as who would fill that role – I still think it's uh, Mateus Rosetto, Rosetto, however you want to say it. Um, yeah,
0: that, that's good.
2: <laughs> I just I, I prefer his technical ability um, up there. I, I like Pity. I just don't think he has the strength to hold the ball like he would need to in the, in that type of role in this league, just because he gets knocked off the ball so easily. Um, I think Rosetto uh, fits that role perfectly, in my opinion
0: he I, the thing i love about uh Rosetto, and by the way like the argentine's call him Rosetto, which is uh you know but but he, he i think they're pronouncing it wrong cuz he's brazilian and it should be done with an h um uh, i was
2: going to try and get maddy ho as his nickname <laughs> i was going to try and get that a stick but Ooh, we'll
0: that's nice it's kind kind has like a slumdog millionaire ring to it
2: <laughs> yeah
0: like that song jai ho but like maddy ho anybody no <laughs>
1: Rob, let him sit in it.
0: Okay. Um I love he is kind of a bastard. I'm just like on the field. Uh the the little bit we saw from him, I think it was in the Cincinnati game, he came on as a sub. Uh <laughs> he immediately like two footed somebody. Probably maybe he should have been sent off, I don't know, but I loved it. So and but yeah, you're right, Rob, that I like he's got good technical control it seems like his uh the decision making for him was always like the thing that he got kind of a knock on or that's kind of what we were hearing when he came over here but it'll i don't know what they're going to do and i think that that plays to atlanta's advantage to be honest I, know, I think that like with every every team in this competition right now it's just like nobody really knows what other teams are going to look like when they get out there cuz they haven't played against each other so it will be Interesting. One of the things that uh, was revealed today, actually, by Fernando Meza was that um, the team has been training in a back two and a back three, as you would think. And when uh, Doug asked how he was performing next to Miles Robinson or how he was liking playing next to Miles Robinson in training, and Fernando said that he likes it, but in the back three, he's also been playing next to with uh, Franco Escobar. Which is interesting because that would be a, a, a bit of a change, I think. Like, I mean, obviously Escobar's played in that center back role in, in the past in a back three, but I think that, um, you know, Tata Martino used him a lot as that right winger. Obviously, Gressel was, or the right wing back, Gressel was obviously used so often in that role. Um, it seems like this might be more of a time for Franco to make that kind of full transition to center back potentially.
2: Yeah, I mean, you signed uh, Brooks Lennon for a reason. You got to give him a shot out there in that uh, Julian Gressel role. So uh, I don't know how well that bodes for the chances of a false nine ever practicing a three back, but I mean, if you're going for a three back, uh, that, that back three is the perfect back three.
0: A lot of pace in that back three, which is interesting.
2: Although it is a little disappointing to see my boy Lawrence Wright not getting some minutes at that right back or that center back spot. Is he good? It, like he's the best yeah. passer on the team. He's well, the, he's I mean, like he's I mean, like the he's like the English Pirlo back there. I mean,
1: good in more of like a slang <laughs> sense. I think uh, is he healthy? Let's try that. He's good to go. He's non-concussed at this That's point, okay. and uh, yeah, I think he's
0: I think he's okay. So he set the set the play if needed. But I mean, Atlanta's got so much depth in those spots. Um, they got White, obviously, who got his first team deal after the season had started, but you've also got Anton Walks who can play back there. Um, I, there's just tons of options they can go with at the back. I kind of feel and hope – this is, again, this is kind of on the left side I'm thinking about now, but I kind of hope Edgar Castillo gets crowded out a bit. I just don't have high hopes for him. Like, I just feel like we know what he is. It's kind of a average, physically questionable left back – that sound want play to it. damn it.
1: That sound you just heard was the collective listenership going, "Oh yeah, he's on this team." That guy <laughs> because I don't I don't mean to call you out for this show, but you are talking to to Jurgen, damn, and you mentioned that he was the first Mexican player. He's like, "No, wait, Edgar Castillo." <laughs> I went, "Who?" <laughs> I think everyone went, "Who?" And they're like, oh yeah, that's right, we did this. It, it is weird with like coming back into the general mls of everything. Uh, there's a lot of players we didn't get a chance to even really get used to or learn their styles or learn what they look like or learn how to recognize them on the field. Um, it, it's going to be real strange seeing uh, new faces like that. Uh,
0: and well, even uh, Fernando Meza today, he was like, I guarantee you the team is going to improve as the tournament goes on just because they haven't played against like other competition. And that's really when you get better. Like In training, you prepare for games, but I think you really, as a team and as players individually, you find out about yourself in games when you're actually tested at that level. And so it's just weird for these guys, I think, to just not have – to have gone for three months or whatever it is without having been in that crucible and like gone been through that test. So I, I think that it will be interesting to kind of see how teams um, improve and just kind of adapt to the situation because it's just like a totally unique situation that nobody's really familiar with at this point.
1: We're not familiar with that. situation. Wow. We're not familiar with that situation, but we are familiar with our sponsors, Joe Patrick. Let's head to do a break.
0: And before we get back into the show, I did want to give a shout out to the presenting partner of five stripe final, which is lucid FC FC standing for footwear and clothing, not football club, because they sell footwear and clothing and now face masks that you can buy, which I please ask everybody to wear a face mask. When you go out, it's not weird. It keeps us all safe. It probably keeps yourself safe, even though the medical professionals don't seem to want to say that. Uh, I'm not a medical professional, by the way, but it seems like a mask is probably the, the the way to go when you go out until we get a vaccine for this COVID-19 thing. And you can get one for 10 bucks from Lucid FC. They're really cool, made out of soft fabrics. And the best part about this is that they've set up a partnership with a number of hospitals around the world to provide face masks for them. So when you purchase one, they donate four of them to healthcare workers. So you're not only doing yourself a favor, but you're doing a favor to people all around the world. The mask forms a nasal passage and it complements your face contours and it looks cool. So you can get different styles, all that kind of stuff, three times layered, washable, and you can reuse them. So it's definitely an investment that you would want to make and you can get free shipping if you use code DSS at checkout. Just enter DSS for Dirty South Soccer at checkout. Or if you want to check them, swing by their place. They're local. They're in Buckhead. So you can uh, just pick yours up at the curb. Um, they have like a touchless pickup uh, at their studio, and it's right down the middle of Buckhead. So you can do that if you want as well. So please check out Lucid FC. And with that, we will get on with the show.
1: One player we won't get to see, Joe Patrick and Rob Usher, uh in this bubble is unfortunately Jurgen Dam. And uh, in United announces the signing of. Our new favorite small adult son. Uh, he won't be in Orlando, but his TikTok account will be readily available to everybody. And that's what I'm most excited about.
0: Ooh, I hadn't even thought about that. Him doing like they should honestly, the social media team should give him the Twitter account. That would be yes. that would be good content. That would be good content. That's like they, a
1: team level where the signing, if they just wanted to like not even play him and let him do that the rest of the year, I'm here for it.
0: Right. I mean, like if you're not, it's like uh, it reminds me there was an office episode where the the office, the, the girls all kind of have like a, a girl's day or whatever. And so the guys are all together and they order a stripper for Michael Scott because it is his birthday. And when the stripper comes, Michael's like totally uncomfortable with it all of a sudden and like doesn't want it. And so Dwight then puts her on phone duty and has her like answer phone calls because he's like, "Well, we paid you for five hours or whatever. We're gonna get five hours or, <laughs> or however long it was." And uh, that, that's like with them. It's like if you signed them, get some use out of them. Put them on, like put them on the club TikTok. Put them on the, you know, like just have them have them out there on social media. It's the least you can do.
1: His self awareness level is one you don't normally see an athlete so especially the self-deprecation with him being very keenly aware that he can't play across to save his life um, that seems to be a running thing uh but even going further than that we talked about his exploits with um, or his just adventures in el pollo loco uh he's very aware of that even going to the point <laughs> to buy an el pollo loco workers outfit and use it for a bit
0: it's amazing
1: that is commitment to the bit that like the like highest level improv actors would applaud. I think you know, maybe Jurgen Dam could just be super into improv. He could start an Atlanta United improv troupe, and they could just yes and each other into oblivion instead of you know going down to Orlando and getting COVID. Sounds fun to me.
0: I do love you know. I, I obviously I enjoy interacting with all the Atlanta United players, but when there's a language barrier, um, it just becomes. Kind of some of the natural, uh, you know, language that you that you share kind of um, gets muddled or it, it changes when it goes through a translator, and you just don't pick up on some nuances. That kind of thing. I do, and I'm relieved that Jurgen Dam speaks quite good English and can obviously understand everything, so that we can have the have have some of these more um, intimate conversations with him. I don't know. It's like conversations that are are personal or like you know talking about this kind of thing because it is so refreshing. Like you never see this stuff. So one of my favorite rappers is uh, Del the funky homo sapien. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with his, he's rapped with like the gorillas and stuff in the past. Um, but he, he's had this thing where he's like, as a, as a rapper, you have to be like entertaining. And to an extent you can entertain by talking about how rich you are and the cards you have and like, you know, all this stuff. But like, at some point you got to mix it up and like, you know, you got to be funny or you got to like have some other side of you. And I feel like with, with athletes and soccer players, especially like they're so guarded you know, we know them kind of only as soccer players. And we don't get to kind of, if they have another side to them, we don't often see it. So I just love, love, love that he is so willing and happy to express this other side of them.
1: I was honestly worried that this team was going to be extremely boring just from like a general personality
0: like when they signed Brooks Lennon.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like we, 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 were, we went from Breck Shea to Brooks Lennon, and that's just a regression in the weird quotient that's been falling ever since Greg Garza left, uh, unfortunately. But now, now, now we're back with a five foot six, 100 pound child who could be anywhere from 16 to 34 years old. We, we don't know. And he's on the team and he's making TikToks, and life is good again. And it makes me happy.
0: I think Rob has probably been following him um, knows more about his career than any of us. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on it, Rob? When, I mean, we kind of knew for a while he was going to sign, but like, you know, what are your opinions?
2: He's fast. He's fast. He is. Basically I learned everything about from Jurgen Dam from FIFA 17 from his on the field exploits and everything about his off the field from five strike final. Um, <laughs>
0: Every silver squad had a had a Jurgen Dam.
2: Both of them are quite interesting. Um obviously uh, everyone's gonna talk about his pace. Uh obvious comparisons to Tito. Uh I'm not sure they're the exact same player. They'll probably play the same role on that right wing. Um obviously he lacks the technical quality you'd hope for, but what he's gonna he's gonna obviously create chances with his uh with his pace. Um, I wish I could offer more about how we would actually fit in the divorce side. Um, but we just haven't seen him actually play a traditional four three with proper wingers here yet. So I think maybe that's where they're trying to lead towards. So I'm, I'm excited to see something different.
0: I think the reason I've kind of been talking about Tito and Dan, um, not like comparing them or, or saying they're the same player, but like they do both provide – this kind of game breaking dynamic pace, not just like fast, but like a different level of speed than Atlanta had there, you know, there was a, there was a vacuum of that when Tito left. And I think that Dan does kind of replace that to an extent, but like Rob said, they're not exactly the the same kind of player, you know, Tito's going to score way more goals and provide a lot more in the final third. I think it'll be interesting to see if, um, if he is used as a wingback, that's been something that's been kind of mentioned by some people, and that's kind of always been one of the other um, positive things about him um, coming from Mexico is that he does have a lot of work rate. He is like he's played for uh, Tuca Ferretti at, at Tigres, who's very defensive minded and wants to, all of his players to kind of get behind the ball when they need to, a lot like Frank de Boer does, and. That makes him a good fit as a winger, but you, I, potentially maybe he could play as a wing back, or at maybe as a wing back later in games if the team needs to. If, if the team needs to like go really attacking or something, uh, it'll be interesting to see how he's used. Frank's called him multifaceted, which that's like the last thing I think about when I think of Jurgen Dam. Like he does one thing, <laughs> but. That's
2: just how how, first- how have we signed uh, three uh, Julian Gressel replacements and not one Darling to Nagby replacement yet?
1: <laughs> uh, I'm the Nagby replacement. Um, <laughs> replacement.
0: Tyler Wolf is the Nagby replacement. Tyler uh, <laughs> Wolf
1: is the Nagby replacement. Crutchy uh, <laughs> is the Nagby replacement. Actually, we we'll, we'll thing about <laughs> yeah, that.
0: That's
1: right. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm glad you said that, Joe. I'm glad you brought up a Frank. Quote, because is the first time in a while I've gotten to say what does Frank mean when he says words, and that makes me happy. <laughs> he's real happy i do want to alert everyone to to the to the existence of a jurgen dam heat map you talk about the nagby replacement uh it's the same guy who made the nagby heat map and the jurgen dam heat map is is also very very elite it's the entire like right one fourth of the field and it just says sprint 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 sprint, uh so that that's pretty much what we're getting from him i'm very excited um Again, just because I also signed him on FIFA, and that's I think where like a large majority of people know him <laughs> is from certain like high pace, and
0: that's it. Sweaty, um, sweaty. That's a that's a technical term by the online crowd. Oh man!
1: <laughs> oh man! Well, either what way about it, um? Let's talk
0: about Eric Lopez. Is this happening? I don't know. Seems like it. Seems like it. feel like. Se-
1: September. So I, don't I, I, know. I care.
0: There's a new report actually that just came out today that says he's supposed to be like finalizing paperwork and that he would come in, the, in August, which I'm not sure if the August transfer window has been made public by the league, but I think it's kind of been assumed that there would be a longer transfer window because uh, there was obviously a transfer window before this MLS is back tournament that allowed teams to, it was like one or two days open that allowed teams to sign. You know, players to help fill out the squads for this tournament, but uh, it would make sense for them to bring him in in August because he wouldn't have been able to play in this tournament anyway. To bring him in during that shorter window, so I think all everything you know is looking is aligning. Frank admitted that they were looking at him when we talked to him Friday, but he was, of course, like, "Oh, he's not our top target," like blah blah blah. But
2: I think like, I think after this uh, after this last winter, I'm going to wait until a Paraguayan is holding up a jersey before we start. Uh, thinking the transfer is done.
0: That is true. Our team was supposed to be like half Paraguayan at this point. We we're supposed to have Paraguayan left back, center mids, all this stuff. So who knows?
1: But I like the looks of them. Um, <laughs> honestly. I, I, before we do this, I hate these conversations. Like I'm just going to be <laughs> straight up and be like, yeah, no, I, I, I read a thing about him and I watched like a video and now I, I have opinions. And, and I just wanted to clarify that before we get near, we, we know just as much as you. But we we have looked at these things. So I, I love
0: I love these conversations. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's a little difference in us and why the show works. Oh man! I've mean, um, read that he's not really a straight up nine. He likes to play off a nine. So that there's my contribution to the entire conversation. That's good. That's good. Awesome. Uh, that like no, nah, I'm not gonna say that. Never mind. Would Go you on. say he's multifaceted? <laughs> I would say he's cagey.
0: Oh, KG brings balance, brings balance. Um, like all right. We got 10 minutes left, boys. Uh, I think that, you know, he provides an interesting combination of like speed and he's, he's pretty big, like, especially for however, however old he is, 18 or 19, something like that. He's like, he seems pretty tall uh, and like pretty like physical. Um, <laughs> can't which. That. All right. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, you can't. It's, it's uh, God's gift. Uh, but no, I think he provides like an interesting um he's got a – what what 's like a football way we can um we can talk about this he's got the frame he just needs to fill out a little bit more in a in a in a college weight room
1: i don't know i'm nodding yes yeah
2: um
1: gap integrity rob rob what's your opinion
2: <laughs> i'm just excited to have another potential striker on the on the roster like someone who's not um Thirty-year-old journeyman, and you know, someone who has no experience uh, in the top to league.
1: Campaign contributions.
2: I, I was going I wasn't gonna say any <laughs> bring that up, but yeah. Um, anyways, I'm very. Um, I don't want to say I'm very excited. I'm intrigued. Intrigued is a good word. I mean, they're throwing around a three, three and a half million dollar price tag for an 18-year-old who hasn't played very much, which is pretty interesting to me. They must see, obviously see something in him. Um, I watched some highlight tapes. I can't really judge much on it, like Sam said. Um, but he does look like he, a pretty talented player, and I'm pretty excited.
0: I'm kind of skeptical on that number. I'm just going to put that out there. But, hey, I could be wrong. If they pay $3.5 million for him, though, they definitely – I mean, that would make him a DP. So,
1: that would be million for a dude that was born in November of 2001. Oh, man. <laughs> that, that- <laughs> I thought it
0: might. It hurts me. Um, I mean, the club does like to exploit kind of the the super young DP rule because it's it takes money off of the the salary budget. You know, they get these players at a huge discount um, than would be the max budget charge. So, who knows um, how much he's going to cost? But yeah, I think that if they do end up paying that much for him, it means they definitely see him as like a key key piece to what they're doing. And it would obviously mean that somebody would have to go out. So that'll be interesting too. The only thing we've really heard so far is that, that Ezekiel Barco has been linked with some teams, looks like his agent's trying to make some connections. So we'll see if anything progresses from there, but should be interesting.
1: We, uh, we did have some user questions. I, I, I completely oh. forgot. And Now we have a countdown clock running in front of us on the Zoom call because that's just how the world works right now. Uh, but we kind of covered everything else except why is it raining from Alex Niven? I, we're not answering that one. Read a book. Um, but John Nason has a question I think actually is really interesting. And maybe we can crank out here in the next few minutes. Um, he asks, do you think it's more important to get max points in the group stage or when the turn in it? And I, I think those things kind of go hand in hand, but like, do you, you treat the group stage with more intensity since it's regular season games than you would maybe the knockout stage. And my thought is you go ahead and try to get whatever champions league spot you can get like that. That's huge. Um, But, but I get where he's coming from there. I thought it was interesting.
0: I'm the same way I would take, like if, if the choice was the minimal amount of points possible in the group stage or winning the tournament, I would take the minimal amount of groups of points in the group stage. And winning the tournament, which means that, like, to do that, you obviously have to collect some points in the group stage. Like, you can't not have any points in the group stage right. and win the tournament. So, um, that's the way I would go too. Just for the same exact reason you mentioned, you gotta lock up that that Champions League place. And it's like, you know, the brand.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm of the opinion if you can win a meaningless trophy to boost your ego, you absolutely have to do it.
0: Yep. So says the fans of. We'd get another picture from Darren too with a trophy in bed.
1: Very true. That'd I be that'd be.
0: I hope he does it with like one of those Mickey Mouse hats on. <laughs>
1: uh, if he can even get into Disney World to get one. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm I'm right there with you Give give me the trophy. Give me something. You know, I'll I'll take the championship spot too. I'll take the million dollars even. Maybe they. Do. I forgot about the million dollars. <laughs> That's totally like uh, Austin Powers. It is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, million point it, do we
0: know do you sam do you happen to know because of all your um you, know, you got all these connections <laughs> yeah, now in, in, context, inside yeah. the league um I mean, whether just, that million dollars is it like just like a million dollars cash or is it like a million dollars like toward your budget like do you get to like spend the money on players or something because like if it's just cash like that seems super lame and like exactly. why and like just spend a million dollars on something that would actually be useful. Like like something, something with regards to the, the living arrangements down there or something like who needs yeah, a million.
1: It's really cool. Actually, they are, they, um, they are going to go ahead and give it all the team in the form of a Dave and Buster's gift card. <laughs> um, that expires in like a week, but like you, play, you can play that like serious guitar hero game for probably the entire time at that point. Um, so pretty sweet. Thank it's you
0: like, that. it works like the, uh, the proposed, uh, travel voucher from the uh, Arizona Senator where it's like, everybody gets a free vacation. You have to actually go on vacation and spend the money. Anyway. Yeah, it's just
1: IOUs actually.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dave and Buster's man. They're, they're really struggling during the pandemic. They're struggling. For them. Chuck
1: e- We've already lost Chuck E. Cheese. I'm not sure we could lose both Dave and Buster at the. <laughs> 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 J- joked on his water. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, Dave
0: and Buster both of them
1: oh Oh, god okay we're running out of time here um i do want to self-plug real quick i just started back with mls getting kind of like i'm still half furloughed i'm not the full-time thing but it would have been if there wasn't a pandemic going on but i'm still very excited to kind of be putting stuff back out there again i have a newsletter that's going on and you can go to mlssoccer.com not mls.com and check out the post on that and there is a link to subscribe, you just put in your email. You can even just subscribe and then put in your spam folder and never see it again. But the subscriptions help me out personally um, way more than they help the league out. Don't tell them that though. Um, but I'll be writing some dumb stuff. I'll have it seven days a week at this point going forward, uh, especially just through the tournament. It'll probably slow down afterwards, kind of hopefully, maybe back to a more normal thing after the tournament. Uh, but I already. I wrote the the phrase snakes and an Applebee's several times in this first edition. So, so don't think they're censoring me too much.
0: That should be like you, you when you write the newsletter, you should be like, welcome mm-hmm. from, you know, yeah. how we used to do our old, like the yeah, Denny's, like, like,
1: like Denny's. Yeah. And do some, Roswell, yeah, some Orlando themed locales. Something that was really underrated at the start of our thing was we did the live in a Chili's in Roswell thing. I think, Um, And we also said Michael Parkhurst was there and we went back and like cut in sounds of like a Chili's restaurant and like also Michael Parkhurst interjecting like he was talking to a waiter. Like we cut all of this together and put into like a special edition episode that's somewhere out there. And I still think that was funny. I don't know. Anyway, Rob, anything you want to plug, man?
2: Yeah, I have a website. Dirty South Soccer is still exists. Please read
1: it. I don't know why anyone would do that. Somehow it still exists.
0: Yeah. Um, and everybody, um, if you're listening to this show through dirty South soccer on a post or something, subscribe to uh dirty South soccer uh, podcast network, just wherever you get your podcast. If you do that again, we all get a penny.
1: So literally a penny. Yay. Exactly. <laughs> um, We'll be back to posting regularly on DSS 2. Our normal game coverage will pick up as these games actually happen, if they're not postponed or anything like that. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, hopefully we can get to some sense of normalcy here for a little while anyway. Enjoy it while you can. Enjoy those two hours of soccer you might get each day because then it's back to the hellscape. Sorry, but at least we have that now, right? All right, let's get out of here. Thanks, Sarah, for joining us. Uh, bye, all.